Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life in 22 Minutes and Sometimes Longer. And uh, I'm Scott McIntosh, and along with me today is my co-host, Becky, my wife. Excited to be here and really excited to to introduce you to our guest. He's a return guest. This is our first person that we've had return. So here we are with Emmanuel Kelly. What's going on, guys? What's going on? It's uh, it's awesome being back. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. So we- he was episode 12, and now he's episode 77. So you've uh, been all over the world since last time we talked. I have been. And the most important place I've been uh, around the world is Utah, just to come and see you, Scott. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I know it. you struggle when you're away from me. Very so. much so. Very much so. There's a song called, uh, Oh Lord, It's Hard to Be Humble. Exactly. And honestly speaking, uh, every time I sing that to myself, I remember your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's our duet song. That is. That is. Well, cool. So let me let me ask you a question. Let's tell the audience who we Yes, I mean he's pretty darn famous, but there may be some listeners okay. that don't know who Emmanuel Kelly is. Yeah, go ahead. Emmanuel has always dreamed of becoming a professional recording artist, and he is living that dream. He was born in Iraq and abandoned by his parents as a baby, and was raised at an orphanage run by the Mother Teresa nuns before being rescued by his now mom, Maura Kelly. Uh, Emmanuel melted the hearts of millions around the world when he auditioned for X Factor singing the song Imagine. And with within only a few days, it had over 12 million views. And today it has over 100 million views all over all over YouTube. About 22,000 of those views are mine. <laughs> You're probably right. And we met him about six years ago. He's spent a lot of time with us. We've done a lot of fun things. We've gone up in the mountains together. We've been in many places in the West here. We've shot bows and arrow. Yeah, he can do anything. Uh, but the the fun thing is uh, he's just he's just part of our family. And so he was able to, something that was special to me was he was able to see my father when my father was on hospice. And they sang Oh Danny Boy together. That was my father's favorite song. And then he passed away shortly after, and Emmanuel had come back uh, to be with us again and was able to sing that uh, at the funeral. So just good stuff, good memories that we've, we've gone back a long ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing being back, and there has been a lot that's been happening uh, since all that, uh, all that stuff happened. Um, like you said, I have traveled the world. I have seen different places. And about six months ago, I uh, decided to make a bit of a permanent move here to the US of A. Um, and uh, Los Angeles is home at the moment for me for, uh, for my music and for the career and, and for driving what, uh, what I think we're going to be talking a little bit about in this, uh, in this. So I'm excited. 
Okay, I, I want to go back just a little bit. You were here in L.A. You were yep. here in L.A. Not here, here, but in, in the, the United US. States yeah. in L.A. Yeah. And uh, and somebody called you. Actually, when you were in Utah, you were with Becky, and, and somebody called you and invited you to come to Australia, which is home, so mm -hmm. that was really handy. But you weren't going to tell your mother. She was going to be surprised. They were going to give her or acknowledge her for her work, um, her humanitarian service. And so they were going to talk about her on stage at a huge event, and they surprised her by having you come up and sing with this group. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so as I was, uh, that was our last interview um, that we had, and uh, I did, I did receive a call, and it was from uh, a very, very well-known band. Uh, I think actually they're a pretty small band, actually, to be honest. <laughs> um, they haven't done a lot. I, I don't know if you've heard of them, but their names are Coldplay. Yeah. Chris Martin from Coldplay. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, okay. No worries. No, but uh, I got a call from them and uh, they I fill, did. They fill football stadiums. They did. Yes, they do fill football stadiums. <laughs> Not that big of an issue. No. <laughs> um, but no, they do fill football stadiums and uh, I was really fortunate to uh, to go and uh, get flown over there. And it was amazing, actually. I got flown over there to surprise mum for, for, for my performance. Um, and uh, I remember them saying to me, Manuel, well, first of all, when they called me, I almost had a heart attack. I couldn't believe it. There was a friend of mine, Peter Mabry, who's my godfather, who was with me as well. And he got the phone call and he goes, you know, there's this band. I don't know. I've never heard of him, Emmanuel. Cole Main, Cole Ply. I, I don't know. I've never heard of them. Um, I said, Cole Ply. He goes, yeah, that's the one. And some guy, Chris Main, Chris... Chris Yaron, Chris something, Chris Martin. Yeah, that's the one. So thinking, Peter, come on. What rock are you living under? And so uh, they called me and, and I got taken to Australia. And I remember them saying, look, Emmanuel, we cannot allow your mum to see you or know you're here. So we're going to put you in a hotel and you cannot step outside the room. I said, not even outside the room. And he, they go, if you step outside of the room, we're risking her seeing you. I go, okay, no worries. So no stepping outside the room. I go, so how do I eat? Order as much room service. Everything is on us. Movies, room service, the whole entire package. I reckon I ran up a bill of like five, ten thousand dollars <laughs> that that night because I was just buying off like crazy. <laughs> no. um, and then the next day uh, I got to rehearse with them and got to meet the band for the first time. And, uh, you know, they were the most humble men that you'll ever meet. Chris is the most modest, uh, you know, actually humble is probably a bad, a bad, um, analogy of the type of person he is. Cause I just learned the dictionary meaning of humble is actually a low worth of self-esteem, right? So Chris has a very high, um, worth of his esteem, but he's very modest about it. He doesn't exploit it. He doesn't tell the world he's great. But he knows he's great. He knows what his abilities are. He doesn't are. come from humble circumstances, but he's he's full of humility. Exactly, exactly. I, I so, watched him do something pretty spectacular in that. How tall is he? Six foot one? He's about six one. Yeah, he's six a tall one. man. And how tall are you? I'm five one. Five one? And I watched him kneel down on the stage and just go eye to eye. Yeah, absolutely. No, he knelt down and he was the same height as me. That's how yeah, tall he is. That's the humility. But that's the humility, exactly. Yeah. Or the modesty, right? So I loved it. He didn't want to take up the, the no, stage. He wanted this no. to be your moment. Exactly. And that was that was very powerful for me. And so I got to perform with them and uh, 
you know, a couple months after that, I, you know, stayed in touch with him and, and, and stayed in communication with him. And then I, and during that period, I then performed as well with uh, David Foster, which was absolutely amazing as well. Um, but then, you know, we were texting away and one day I said to him, you know, he asked me a question, Emmanuel, how's your writing as a writer, as a songwriter going? I said, you know, it's not too bad, Chris, but I've never really had someone to motivate me or, or mentor me through it. Cause I, I'm not sure how to get lyrics on a page. I'm not sure how to really turn something into, into what it is. And his response was, well, look, Emmanuel, if, uh, if you allow me, I'd love to mentor you through that. And I'd love mm-hmm. to mentor you through the music industry and guide you through through this tr- kind of tremulous world. I said, I almost died. I'm like, Chris Martin, Chris Martin, <laughs> done, sold, third and final call, sold. Let me think about that for a minute. Yeah, let me think about that, Chris. I don't know if I can uh, allow you to do that. You know, I, I just don't think you're big enough. You know, you just, no, no, I was, it was incredible, you know, and yeah. as a kid, I, my dream was to work with Coldplay and and be a part of their journey and um or for them to be a part of my journey and uh and and that dream's kind of happening dreams are coming true dreams are coming true you have something pretty big coming up i do uh, you know as as things kind of go you know there was a period in time where uh where things were going downhill with the music and you know, we were struggling because I was signed to a label and that dropped and, you know, money was incredibly tight in so many ways it is still, but it was just very, very, very difficult. Um, and I was starting to lose hope. Um, and thank God I had Chris uh, and that was the period where Chris then kind of came on and started mentoring me. And, uh, that kind of lifted things up and lifted my spirits and started getting me to write. And I started to use those qualities to write those moments to write songs and uh and I realized and as I kept getting motivated and and trying to immobilize myself and try and grow myself um and create more opportunities and embrace who I was and love myself at the same time bigger opportunities started coming and I eventually was able to sort of look into that future and manifest, you know, the launch pad that I've been trying to trying to have since X Factor and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And the performance was great. And that was definitely something that put me back on the scene with Coldplay. But I needed that one big bang moment. And, uh, you know, in November last year, actually, no, September last year, October last year, I got a phone call from a, a group of people um, in Mexico. And they have a charity and organization called uh, Telethon Foundation. And basically, uh, they have 24 facilities. Um, 100% of what you and I would donate to them would go 100% to the cause. And it's a rehabilitation. So it's for rehabilitation for children um, and kids up to 18 and a, a little what, bit what older. What kind of rehabilitation? Physical? Uh, physical rehabilitation. Yeah. But there's a lot of kids with cerebral palsy, some that are globally delayed but with mental um, mental uh, issues and things like that. And so they have a lot of, you know, there's lots of different rehabilitations, but it's mainly physical. They do have an autism center as well. Anyway, so... 100% of what you donate goes to them. So the way they raise their money, though, to to fund the starving and things like that is through sponsorship. And how do they gain sponsors? By throwing a huge event every year, and that's called the Telethon, um, which, you know, plenty of people had it here. It's It was originally here in America, but they thought, let's take this to the next level, and they did. And uh, Univision and Televisia air it. It hits about 200 million people that, that view it. That's just the TV audience, not including their social media and online uh, audience and viewers. 
and they asked me to uh, be their face and uh, uh, host a part of it as well as perform um, and perform uh, throughout the whole event. So I'm performing about four or five times throughout the whole event and hosting a part of it as well. So it's a, it's a very, very exciting, uh, exciting launch pad. 200 million people in March, Univision and Televisio are going to have it, uh, have it aired and, I'm getting wow. to perform with uh, a couple other surprises as well, which I can't you say. Can't say yeah. <laughs> yeah. So always have those million. surprises. That's it. Yeah, you always got a surprise. Always got a surprise. So it's cool. The the honor, what they're trying to do, breathe hope into all these people. I, I believe. I'm wondering. Yeah. I, I can ask you this. Chad Hymas talks about when he was laying in the hospital after that bale of hay had fallen on him. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, Realized he was a quadriplegic, mm-hmm. and an Art Berg willed and willed his wheelchair into that hospital room, mm-hmm. and didn't say a word. Just took off all of his own clothes, wow. and then put them back on. Hmm. Something that a quadriplegic, newly quadriplegic, couldn't fathom how he was ever going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that they have chosen you just to breathe hope into as a differently able yeah. person to say, "Hey, look at your dreams can be real. They can be." Yeah, no, 100%. No, I, I do believe, you know, there's a reason for everything. And, you know, I hope that is the reason. I really do because that I, and I believe that is the reason. Um, but I think the reason isn't just to breathe that hope into places like Mexico, but I think their dream and my dream is to see something like this around the world, oh. you know, and to something that's spread around the world, especially through this kind of period in society right now where everyone's kind of losing hope. Then no one's, you know, people aren't loving themselves and loving who they are. I think also what makes their organization quite incredible, which attracted me more even, was when I got to go there just last month for their um, uh, press conference and press tour. Um, What I learned about their organization was these kids in Mexico and families, normally they would, they'd be, they're paying, so they're paying about $2,500 a year for about $300,000 worth of rehabilitation. So only 1% they pay and the rest, the organization pays. So yeah, when it comes to breathing hope, I think that's important. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Well, I think they chose the right guy. So let me ask you a personal question. We'll see where this goes. You ready for this? (laughs) Okay. We just watched the movie, The Greatest Showman. Have you seen it yet? My God, it is one of the best movies of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best movies in the last ten years. Yeah. There, yeah, there's absolutely. a lyrics to one of the the lyrics to one of the songs says, "We make no apologies. This is me." Hundred percent. Okay, so years ago when I first met you, you were always very covered, very covered up, and everything I ever saw you do, Coldplay. 70,000 people. You're standing up there in a t-shirt. Yeah. What happened to Manuel? That was hiding. I make no apologies. This is me. <laughs> no, I, um, you know, it came with the loving myself kind of aspect. Um, it happened actually here in Utah when I was doing a concert here in Utah. Um, and it was awesome because some of the Utah jazz boys were there too. So I, I wanted to make a shout out to those boys again, Joe and, uh, and Dante, they were there, but, um, no, it happened here. I was performing at a gig prior to that, just in Utah, and I had to make it from that gig 
to the concert, to my concert in like half an hour. So I didn't have a chance to get dressed because all my clothes were at the thing and we thought we were going to finish up much earlier, but things ran late. And so I had to go from one end of, of Salt Lake to the other end of of Salt Lake and I had no time to get changed or anything. So literally when I arrived, I was arriving as I was getting introduced to the sta- onto the stage, right? And because we had to be there on time. I didn't even have time to get changed, nothing. So the best thing I could do was literally take off the jacket that I was wearing and put a vest on. But what I didn't realize was when I took off that jacket I was wearing, I was wearing a T-shirt and then the vest wasn't going to cover up anything. So when I hopped on stage and started singing, I realized halfway through the song and by then it was too late. And by then I also saw the crowd and they didn't give a crap. They didn't care what they saw because they were just mesmerized and entertained and emotional of what they were seeing. The fact that there's this guy who's on stage performing, doing what he loves. Right. And so in that moment, I realized, wow, people don't really care if you tell them not to care, Um, but not verbally tell them, give them permission. Exactly. That was the big step for me. And that was kind of the moment that was the journey of uh, that was the start of the journey for me to learn to love myself and love who I was and make no apologies. This is this me. me. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So you have an album that you've been working on and you have a new single. I out. do. I do. I do. I do. Um, the album is going to be called My Sky, actually, which I will, uh, I haven't even told your kids that, but that came from Chris. He said, you know, I think you should call the album My Sky. Uh, it's because not a, originally that th- there's a song on the album called My Sky and I originally wrote it using your kids titles right so i kind of wrote it around that title miley and sky and sky Sky, exactly Mm -hmm. so i said you know what i'll put your two names in a song so i literally went home that year and i i sat down with my writer and i said all right look i got two titles for you and he goes what's that i go my and sky and and i go that's the title of the song and he goes okay i got we got to write around that and he goes okay so tell me a little bit about the story i go well you know when the morning came, there was snow and there was, you know, it was cold and I, but I had to get out of bed. Um, even if I felt low, I had to, and I wanted to snuggle into that, that bed. I had to get out cause Becky or Scott would come in and be like, wake <laughs> up. Right. So that was kind of, that was the history behind there. And he's like, okay, cool. So we wrote the lyrics kind of basing it around then. And at that time, I think I had a real crush on your daughter too. So that kind of added into the lyrics as well. And then Sky was like my bestie at that time. So it was like, boom, it worked. Right. And then the more I thought about the lyrics over the years, the more it became my story, right? My Sky, it became my story. Um, and so Chris said, call the album that. So the album is going to be called My Sky. I love the it. first single is called Hello. The reason why, now there was two other singles I could have released as my first single, but Red Love was one of them and and uh, A Thousand Years was the other one. But I wanted Hello because in my eyes, this is my entrance to the world besides X Factor, right? Put put X Factor and Imagine aside. This is the new Emmanuel. This is the new improved, right? right. Emmanuel Kelly. Exactly. This is me, right? <laughs> so um, what better way to step into the market by literally saying hello? So the words are, hello, looking so fine. How you doing? Hello, looking like a star in a movie, in the movies, right? So that's kind of the lyrics to the song. And the and the ver- the chorus, the verses. I went deep with it. It's about um, 
It's about when I was in high school and I used to hide and feel insecure. There's a lot of things that people don't know that I never really shared until probably the last few months that I felt the confidence and the, the ability to share it was, was there and the permission was given to me to share, right? Um, and that was, uh, it was times where I was, I just wanted to jump off a building. I wanted to, um, commit and, and, and get rid of my life because I was just so insecure about myself. Girls, that was the hardest thing for me, just saying the right thing to the girl and asking a girl out. That was another hard thing. And just those simple things that a lot of teenagers go through, right? There's insecurities in life. Why me? Why aren't I better looking than him or her or whatever it is, right? Why do I have to have these hands or whatever it is? So that was very difficult. So the lyrics kind of talks about that, the first verse. The second verse talks about the moving on from that. And the, you know, me then, as I got more confident, kind of starting to make a bit of a fool out of myself. And making that fool out of myself was the overcompensation of and overcompensating of what and who I was. And then putting that aside, going into the chorus is like, you know what, I overcompensated, I was depressed, I want to now just go back in time and tell that girl, look at me, you know, I'm a new person now, I'm a better person, and all that sort of stuff. So that that's what the words are about. That's kind of the, the, the moral of the story of the song. So I'm excited. We're going to release it at the Telethon. The album will come out at the end of this year, early next year. We're planning a big Love Yourself tour, we're calling it, that we're going to be starting to do over the next kind of few months and weeks. We're going to launch a pilot of that this year and then a solo tour sort of halfway through next year as well. So it's it's an exciting kind of 12 months. Wow. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff coming in and a Great lot stuff. of positive things that are going to impact a lot of people. I hope so. Yeah. That's the idea. You know, I think that's we need more of that positivity for sure. Make this world a better place. Make this world. That's a good song title. <laughs> hey, look there at you this. Go. Becky's writing my songs already. <laughs> go for it, Becky. <laughs> oh, can can we hear a song to close us out? Yeah, or? I'm gonna. I'll give you my sky if you want. No one's heard that one. Yeah. And then I'll give you a little hello. How's that? Okay. okay. So, uh, the words are: I don't wanna black the sun out no more. Cause I believe I'll be standing out at your door And I'll fly high This is my sky Hello, looking so fine How you doing? Hello, Looking like a star in the movie, Scott. Hello, you and me now on a big screen. Hello, shout it out loud, sing it. Oh, 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 shout it out loud, sing it. Oh, 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 shout it out loud. Scott, you're beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, Thank I had you. to add that in there. Good, 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 couldn't uh, help it. Good that's, that's in the lyrics. It's got to be. It's a great lyric. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be. <laughs> so oh, hello, my what a gift to have you in our home and to have you on our show. So Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're wonderful. Your family, we're just great friends. I love Absolutely. everything about you. So Thank you. Thank you very much. As we wind down, our time is up. I can't believe it, it goes so fast. I, I hope know. you've enjoyed listening to Emmanuel today. He's just such a fun, fun person. And this is him. Yep. This is him. Go to right our up. show notes and we'll Absolutely. connect you to his website. And you can follow him on 
Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. Thank God you. God bless, guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.